Hello and you are very welcome to Kicking Match, a podcast all about the Irish League. My name is Peter Cinnamon and episode 1 listeners, welcome back. If you haven't heard part 1, you can go do that now. But to be honest, I doubt there's any spoilers in this episode. As we are aiming to be the Godfather part 2 of season preview sequels. We've got all your favourite characters returning, like me, uh, Michael Clark, and the theme music's here too. The whole gang. But like a Colchi Deli counter along the motorway, we're wrapping up whatever we didn't cover last time and we're going to serve it up with a big smile. Which today looks like Portadown, Glentorn, Cliftonville, Dungannon and Ballymena. We're going to make some predictions of how the upcoming fixtures in Gimmick 1 are going to turn out and Michael Clark shares what the most boring match he has ever been to is. Sounds exciting. All that and more on the way. Ah, Michael's back here again. I'll not pretend as if we have completely got a new session to record uh, all this. But regardless, the man behind the score, Michael Clark, is here. And we've got teams to talk about now. And I'm going to dip into my bowl and pick out what we have left. And uh, we go to Antrim. And, you know, Michael, we all have our personal mountains, our demons... And up in mid-Antrim, they have their own particular hurdles that they will look to overcome in the season ahead. The first gauntlet, it will be for Balamina to deal with that showgrounds pitch. We don't know how it will fall, but it was a, a dragon they had to slay in the middle of the season. The other, their true nemesis, their Thanos in this Irish League universe, Carrick Rangers. Michael, Balamina don't play Carrick until the 17th of September. The question is, Will David Jeffrey be resting his players for that big game? <laughs> and will they be wearing their new Carrick Rangers kit? Um, <laughs> that's a, I have to say, I actually really like it. It's their third kit. I wasn't sure when they released it whether it would be their second kit or not, but it's their third kit. I think they've done well with all three, personally. Um, obviously not, to, the, to the answer your question. I think everybody knows that that was pretty facetious of you. But, uh, yeah, obviously not. Balamina United have done some good business and on the pitch like i don't know whether the pitch will hold up uh history tells you probably not <laughs> doesn't it but i was there for the super cup and it was teaming it down and the pitch was in good nick so if nothing else we can look back misty eyed and go oh do you remember in august do you remember the pitch looked all right for for a wee while uh i hope it is better luck for the groundsman and everybody this time around but their first game is glenavon and I was just talking about Carrick and Yuri first game. Ooh, well, let's tell us a little story. Balamina and Glenavon play out some tasty games at a three-all last season. I seem to remember. Oh, I was there. It was it was an incredible game, and just shows how close that those teams were. Uh, you're right. That will be an interesting game. If you know, one thing we haven't touched upon is this mini leagues chat that became very fashionable last year and I think looking at it I rate Balamina as my dark horse this year not to potentially go all the way but what for, I saw for them last year they're a big broad team they're physically strong they've got veteran players within that squad and they have a manager in David Jeffrey who has been there and done that LeBron and McDade he bangs in goals wherever he goes and they also have Paul McElroy, you know, couldn't get out of the team because he kept scoring goals. 
They've got a lot up front. Big thing for me is, are they a glass cannon? Like that 3-3 we were talking about, it wasn't getting the goals. They had the spirit to get the goals in that game. That's that's why I think if they get in a nice run, they could safely be in the top six. But last season, they didn't go on that run. So why would they do it this year? But I think they've got spirit. But have they got the skills, Michael? Yeah, they do. I think that they've strengthened in a very smart way. Evan Tweed uh, adds depth to the squad. So does George Tipton. Uh, Jordan Gibson, I have been informed, will continue to be referred to as Yaya. Yeah. I think that was part of the transfer agreement. So uh, when you hear Balamina fans learning the uh, the Yaya yeah, yeah chant, or if you just hear mention of Yaya, yeah, yeah, that's Jordan Gibson for any Balamina fans that haven't got the memo. Um, you know, blame the, the local postie for not putting it through the door yet. But um, and of Jake Corbett, who I'm interested to see because he comes from Linfield. He's had a wee bit of an injury issue, but. Uh, David Jeffrey knows how to bring in a player for a season at the showgrounds, doesn't he? And sometimes they're players that are, you know, still in the development of their their playing days. But he he gets them, he molds them, and he makes magic happen. And he can absolutely say that he's done that with a number of players in recent years in the Irish League. Kofi Balmer, who we already mentioned, is is a prime example of that who blossomed under him, so maybe Corbett will be one of those too. I I look forward to seeing what they produce. The other thing is David Jeffrey now is officially retired from his full-time job, and congratulations to David. He now has more time to obsess about football, and this is a man who probably in his normal full-time job was still obsessing about football, as people who you know see him up and down the country forget that he was a, a real person rather than just this football god that decided to walk amongst men the so enigma yeah he's just that huge personality and from what i understand when they were playing the preseason friendly against balamakash he was inundated with fans wanting selfies and and all sorts so um i'm just trying Will to we see jeffrey ball a new tactic emerge while he's sitting moving little magnets on a board you know we could be seeing a wee a yeah. new balamina ball with all these strikers that they have could happen. I look forward to seeing what they produce. I'm just imagining David Jeffrey with more time and how <laughs> how much extra training these players are going to be subjected to. And I might be being wow. completely ridiculous, but I just have this imagination that, you know, like at lunchtime, he's texting people on their work break going, Do you fancy an extra session tonight, lads? There's nothing on. You know, uh, why not? Let's go. Uh, so, yeah, I think Balamina United, realistically, if we bring ourselves back down to earth for a moment and away from Thanos and his mates, we have to say, first hurdle is Glenavon. Second hurdle is that sixth place. Can they jump over that wee invisible line and fall over and on the sixth spot? That, for me, is the big challenge. It might be insurmountable, but um, never say never. How much is the loss of Leroy Miller? I, I hyped up the spirit I feel this team has. He was a part of that wasn't he? He was. And I, I think the other players that have left haven't really hurt them as badly. And not to be unkind, Lee Chapman didn't get the time. Chris Rogers, it just didn't happen for him. John D. Smith was a move that didn't work out. So, you know, some of the other players that have left have, you know, wish them well. And I'm sure they'll be able to find their feet um, in other clubs. But Leroy Miller is one that will have stung. He was the club captain. He was so well thought of. Local boy. And do you know what? Absolutely knocked his pan in for Balamina United. And I hope people don't forget that. I know the, the move will leave a sour taste in people's mouths. I thought he was maybe going to stay after the rumours came out. Had 
they have won the final. You probably could have sealed off into the sunset and it would have all felt a little less like unfinished business. But football doesn't always work out like that. It's a, it's one that they have to overcome. But I think smart business, important business actually, was making sure Sean O'Neill was a permanent deal and that they kept him on. A galvanizing force in the, the changing room. Uh, a big, big personality, and you know, we talk about characters not really being in the game anymore. Sean's huge as a personality. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's... you know, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a madman at times, but he's a really lovely bloke, and I think he's just so popular, and he'll be able to give them that belief. And maybe, and I'm not blaming it on the goalkeeper, by the way, because it's nothing to do with goalkeepers. But I just wondered had Sean been able to play in the final, he wasn't eligible, he couldn't play against his parent club, but, and he'd also played in the competition, I think. But could he have? If he could have played for Palomino, would they have won it? You know, these are the these are the intangibles, and then how would they feel about a season? So ah, the butterfly effect all is in you know is in his gloves. I do want to highlight David Parkhouse. I think David Parkhouse gets rock and roll, and he can claim to be one of the top strikers. And Jordan Gibson will grab big late goals for this team. He did it for Carrick. He's a big player that just gets on the ball and makes it happen. Interesting to see how it's all going to play out for the Sky Blues. Aim into the season. I think the aim is to get into the top six. A great season would be sitting around fourth, chilling out and getting big results. And I think a bad season is, is plateauing. They do not want to plateau again because they're just stuck there. That that season where they came second is is not too far in the in the rearview mirror and they'll, they'll not want to feel like that's ancient history. Because it will feel like that pretty soon. There's the challenge, boys. <laughs> okay, there's only a few little bits of paper in here. And we return to North Belfast and Cliftonville. And to go back to my music metaphor, Michael, this f- season coming up feels like it could be Paddy McLaughlin's difficult second album. Cliftonville played out of their skin last year. They came as close as you possibly could without getting over the line people talk about it being hard to defend titles because you don't have the same energy and spirit and and fight it's being dulled and all those things and you know for the reds after coming so close my question is and, and and i don't know the answer to it is coming so close going to deflate them after such a big season or is that fire going to be burning even hotter and even more to get that title knowing that a goal or two here or there would have had them praying around with the Gibson Cup last year. Would you like a tenuous music reference that doesn't really answer the question? Always. <laughs> Forget Backman-Turner overdrive. This is going to be Luke-Turner overdrive and you ain't seen nothing yet. That's what they'll be hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's... There's, he, that's that's he's one back. for the dads. Ask, ask your dad who that band is. <laughs> <laughs> looking at this squad they never really had a chance in Europe I just think that you saw the game you were very impressed but ultimately that was tough opposition to slay they've they've made improvements for sure Ronan Hale looks like he's gonna smash it this year if pre-season's anything to go by they are the arsenal of the Premier League when it comes to pre-season the smash warm point 6-1 like there's goals in this team, clearly, and Joe Gormley's still scoring them. I know. Well, some things in life are just guaranteed. I look at this <laughs> Cliftonville squad, and 
I've been impressed, as you say, I've seen them. Um, Luke Turner, how huge was that to get Luke Turner in? Because they, at one Massive. stage, were thinking, you know, maybe he'll get a, a, a move somewhere else and they'll loan him to us. And they thought that was the best case scenario. They've gone one better in actually getting him full time. Finn Talley's a really good young goalkeeper on loan from Brighton. Uh, very mature for his age and seems a strong character. Uh, you know, with all young goalkeepers fans, probably at times are going to have to forgive him this season. And I'm I'm nearly getting an apology in early for him because I just think every young goalkeeper coming into the Irish League is going to find it a, a very different world compared to the academy football they've been playing and maybe what they're used to. You know, not everything is going to be played in front of them and hit from long range. They're going to have uh, big burly strapping strikers jostling on top of them from <laughs> lots of angled balls from wide. Um, so there's that. The signing of Ronan Hill in preseason and in Europe, he's been electric. He has been Amazing. really, really good. And the player to watch is Stephen Mallon because he's just a delight on the ball. He he was causing problems for European opposition. So you would think in the Irish League, he's going to be able to replicate that. And he's going to be someone that will probably give defenders twisted blood. Going into it now, they have to try and win the league. That has to be the aim. They'll want to right what they'll see as a wrong last season. A great season would clearly be that. Winning the league for this team would be massive for the collection of players they've got. We've seen a spirited Balamina fall away. We've seen a spirited Crusaders fall away. Coleraine have fallen away after running Linfield so close. It's just avoiding that. It's starting strong for them is going to be key and just take it a game at the time. I think that's what that'll be the famous I'll be the famous words I think out of Paddy McLaughlin this year is game at a time, there's no easy games in this league, and that's how it will be. His Nirvana is probably thirty wins rather than nine. Yes. They're in a different category altogether. He just will say that ad nauseum, and I know now that's very much the the manner of the man. He doesn't give much away. Um, he's very affable and very easy to talk to and all the rest of it, but he's not going to let that uh, be shown. And he's going to try and take as much of the pressure off his players as possible, like any good manager would do, of course. They will just have to maybe contend with their own supporters. And what I mean by that is the expectation levels have risen. The, the amount of bodies in the ground has grown. The noise has been really, really good. You wonder if a couple of early results don't fall their way. Do Does that turn to groans? Do the numbers dwindle? How do you respond? Clearly, don't let it happen is the best bit of advice. <laughs> but uh, since when has football been that straightforward? First test, Coleraine away. Then Carrick Rangers. Then away to Balamini United. You can see the potential stumbling blocks that lie within those games. So they they will need to be absolutely at their best once again. But after seeing what they produced last season, you'd be you'd be foolish to say that you don't expect them to come back strong again this year, and at the very least, give it a good rattle. And I have mentioned Ryan Curran again, another smashing player who couldn't stop scoring last year. They will be up there. There is no doubt about that. Um, three teams left. And uh, we shimmy across the country to Tyrone's team, Michael. Dungan and Swifts, the, the boys in blue who have been mainstays 
of top tier football um, in this country for almost 20 years now. In fact, I think this is set to be their 20th consecutive season in the top division. I hope Dumbamah's right there. And they come into the season with the same aim they do every year. It's survive and do it with as little drama as possible. Um, and they're following trends now. They're the trendy team west of the ban. They are the latest team after Cliftonville made it cool probably 10 or so years ago. <sighs> the grassy pitch at Stagmore is gone. I really like that pitch, Michael. Is this just, was it inevitable that it was going to go to whatever it is now, Astro Plus or... <laughs> Can we have a, a moment's silence, please, for the for the grass pitch at Stangmore? I liked it. I don't know. It was know. one of my favourite places to watch football. And I think that will be a factor coming into this season. I don't really have facts on how much Dungan and how well they did on the, the 4Gs, but it could impact them. They are well. This look, team is probably it, it's be being you know objective looking at it. Sorry to talk over you. They're going. This is a way to make money. Um, it's going to stop any issues that they were having with the pitch. It's going to allow them to monetize it further by having different people come in and play on it without the fear of, oh goodness, can we really withstand this? And it might actually allow them to, with a greater degree of confidence, think of. Can we host like junior international matches? Can we have this here? Can we open it up to more events and opportunities? The other grounds that have the synthetic surface are able to do that. There's no fear of training on it. You know, it, it just allows the clubs to have different revenue streams, which is important when you're looking at, you know, other clubs are big investors that can pull away with big signings, getting European football more money. And that sort of continues to perpetuate itself. So how do you keep up? Well, you need to find other ways of making money. And I would suggest the the chairman, Keith Boyd, has found a way to do that in uh, getting rid of our dearly beloved pitch. Because it was one of the grounds, and still will be, I'm sure, one of the grounds you really enjoy going to. But I always thought that the pitch, um, for most of the year anyway, uh, looked the part. But um, yeah, sadly... Um, it's the the trend continues synthetic surfaces it might actually lead to, to prettier football uh, they try to yeah. play football and i'll go for inverted commas here guys the right way because oh, i know yeah. i know that really irritates people so i'm making sure this is obviously a podcast you can't see me i'm throwing up those inverted commas because some people say the right way is winning and that's all there is to it mm. but you know what i mean they, they want to keep it down they want to pass they're a technical side they're young they um, are a team that have their manager's mantra beaten into them and at times they took a beating for it and they've come out oh, the other right side then. so that's what they're hoping last season was definitely an improvement on the year before um, will they progress again they'll have Darrow Breen I think fit from the start this time so that's a huge lift um, will they have him full stop come the end of the season because we all know those vultures, <laughs> they're going to come well, and swoop in. You've, you've nailed on what was my big surprise of the summer, that he wasn't away somewhere. Talking to people at Dungannon, they were very bullish. Like, Tari ain't going anywhere. And I was thinking, are you sure? Because this feels like that exactly the type of player that the teams, particularly in this new world of full-time, teams and more money being thrown about where that's exactly who you pick up. I, I look at this Dungana team and I think this is 
probably the best and the most prettiest team in regards to how they play football since the days of Niall McGinn. Like this has got like when they're on fire, they are on it. You have, you know, McBran on one wing who tortured some fullbacks in this league. You cannot forget about Reese Campbell on the other side. Sometimes they switch sides and they're just tangling people in the knots. That is something that a lot of teams are, that were around them last season didn't have. You've got young Devlin up top who's being marked as a, a prospect. And they've added beyond that. Ruddy's just joined the team. He's very flexible in regards to where he can play. Brandon Barr, very solid player. I, I'm I'm sure Balamina will be disappointed not to have them in that midfield area for them because you know that that's one of the areas of the week they've got Declan Dunn and Nets. This is a Premiership team from front to back. It's just about can they live up to the sum of their parts, and I can they, they stop can. conceding an absolutely heinous amount of goals? Goals. Because 86 goals conceded last season. I mean, they're never boring. Let's let's give them that. They are never boring. Um, there were matches where I watched Dungan and Swifts, and they played like a team that wanted to win 3-2 at 0-0, you know? Yeah. And, and you were thinking, at times, how have they not scored? There were matches where you watched them, and it felt like they threw the kitchen sink, and even it would hit the crossbar. And... It was a, probably a frustrating thing for them on occasions that they didn't have maybe just that killer instinct that would have helped things be a bit more comfortable. But in terms of, you know, they finished one point above Carrick Rangers. Um, so yeah, it, was, it was pretty tight, but they were 10 points above Porter Down and they were they were comfortably enough away from the perils of the, uh, the playoff. Uh, position there but um, this year I mean it's obvious <laughs> they can't concede as many goals and if they can stop leaking Michael Ruddy's job is obviously to come in and help make sure that doesn't happen if they can stop leaking or hemorrhaging really at that rate goals it gives them a stronger chance to progress further but are they going to be good enough to catch a Balamina team that's got better a Glenavon team that you're saying you think might be able to kick on a wee bit um, that's the challenge. It might just be for them to, to try and pull away from, well, the three that finish below them, if you like to sort of swap out Warren Point and add in Uri City, and say, can they pull away from that conversation first? Um, then that uh, that will be probably the first objective. From the outside, you'd say their aim is to finish 10th and they would take it now, but I think Dean has higher ambitions than that. I think he. Uh, he I think he would disagree on. with you. Yeah, I think Dean Shields would disagree with you if you said tenth. I think he'd be. I think he'd be even a bit annoyed if you said ninth. But it's probably that's the, that's a realistic area, and you're not necessarily wrong in your evaluation. But I think if you said the Dean, you take tenth now. I think he'd say, I think I think our team's better than that. He's very yeah, bullish. I, I, uh, I agree. It's like you said. It's keeping out those goals at the back they were very good around the teams around them last season they'll need to do that again they they had to run around of Portadown in games last season uh, somewhat split the difference with the likes of of Warren Point they'll need to do that again they, they can't be going into games with the likes of Carrick and Nuri and be coming out of those four games not being the team that's taken more points they, they need to make it work there because they've if there's one thing about Dungannon is that they're not a team that's come through with upsets a lot. 
they they can do them, but you don't see them going to solitude and and nicking three points. Um, and sometimes if they're not doing the business against other teams around them, that might be where they are. So a bad season is relegation. I don't think it's completely out of the realms for them. The likes of I think Glenavon and Balamina are safe. I don't think Dungannon are. So staying up is the dream. Is not what they'd want to do. The dream is push on and and take this uh, take this football playing right to the moon, Michael. Two more teams. Who have got? Who's going to be? Who's going uh, to be? <laughs> penultimate one um, is Portadown. Um, Michael, I, you know people talk about the Irish League, even in the early doors of the season, saying, you know what, this is good. it's going to be a long hard season. I think if you want to talk to anybody about long, hard seasons, I think the Portadown fan base are the people you need to talk to. As last year, they got three wins at home all season. They were, at one point, it was almost 300 days since they had a win at home in the league. The only real reason they're playing Premiership football this season is because they were able to beat were in point so many times. I thought they were the poorest team in the league last year. I thought Warren Point were better man for man. And they come in off the back of a very low total. Paul Doolan working wonders. There's something about that Boxing Day game. They were against a nine-man Glenavon team with 50 minutes on the clock and they still lose the game. That is haunting for a team and a fan base. That core that they had that got up from the championship and realistically only barely because of COVID technicalities. Um, They are starting the season without bonus and we talk about Ames. Ames is just a stay up, I think, for this team based on last season and what's coming up. I'll, I'll leave you this fact before you make your opening remark. In the out category, 19. I know if a team's not doing well, you want to keep players in a team that's not doing well. But 19 is a lot. That is a complete uprooting. How can you put... How, how is Paul Doolan going to put together a team uh, for those poor Portadown fans yeah. when they've lost 19? <laughs> and Michael Ruddy, and whatever the drama around Michael Ruddy is, do you fancy their chances, Michael? I'm getting over the number 19. It is, it is incredible, actually. I haven't laughed awkwardly like that since I remember being a teenager in my mate's kitchen and his cat had been missing for a couple of weeks and the mum came in and just said like Mittens is dead and I just laughed and it was because it was so like oh my that's terrible and I didn't know what to say because everyone was so so shocked and something about the delivery was in my head deadpan and I just went like oh I'm laughing but I know this is awful um, and kind of kind of the same when you're going through everything I'm like yeah it was pretty hard some of the longest um, some of the longest afternoons of my life last season were at Shamrock Park. I have friends at the club. I very much feel welcome there. I hope that's still the case after this summary. But there was it was a it was a tricky season to understate it massively. Um, you've seen that with the upheaval in the squad, players that have come in. I mean, you, you're talking about they got more points than more on point, and that's helped. You know that helped them stay up. I mean, even at that, the the games against Anna United, I would say a disallowed goal that was very controversial also helped them. You know, Portadown didn't have Michael. They scraped through. I saw a lot of Portadown 
last season and they scraped through from Anna to Warm Point. It wasn't good. And it wasn't good, you know, and what was good was Portadown coming back to the Premiership. You saw, uh, you know, a traditional big club with a strong fan base there. And I feel like it has room to grow more. And the supporters groups around that club, maybe just having an insight and having done events for them and having spoken to some of those people and got to know them, they pour so much into the club. And I'm sure that's true elsewhere. But you feel like they deserve better than what they've had in recent times. Um, this season could be another long one. The players that they brought in, I don't know enough about to give a fair enough summation on it. I, I never pretend to know things that I don't know. They have gone around the place, you know, players from Hyde United, Galway United, Greys Athletic, Bourneview Mill. Y- you know what I mean? So uh, let's just say that uh, Doolan has tapped into his contacts, has found players that he thinks fit what they are looking for. And I will withhold judgment on Portadown until I see them play, because that's what they deserve. This is his first chance to really get his own stamp on things. Um, Harp Everland said to me that them staying up was actually maybe one of the best achievements that he's had. That shows you how bad things had been. Wow. That shows you how bad things had been. Hard, <laughs> hard you know, came in under one manager, that manager left, and quite a short time after, there's a new manager, there's some very young players, there's some players that the new manager didn't want to be there, there's some players that seemed like they didn't want to be there. You know, the whole thing, the fans probably at some points didn't want to be there. So, huge change. The one question is, that I can't answer yet, will it change their fortunes? Fans hope yes, for me the jury's still out. Looking at last season, one of the things that kept them up was... Their draws, they did get draws against Cliftonville, I believe, uh, Linfield. So they were able to dig in and hold firm despite getting well beaten by the likes of Dungannon and, and Balamina at times. Um, the draw, the draw online, against Corian was probably the worst match I've ever seen. Uh, honest to goodness, I felt like saying, look, just let me play. That's how bad it got. It was just let me on. I might even just help you lose, but at least there will have been a goal. You know, it was one of those games where on commentary, you're 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 looking and you're going, it's only been another five minutes. <laughs> There's not many games it, it, like that anymore in the Irish League, but that was a particular low point. It's like... L- Saying it's last game or match today is is like yeah. offensive to last games or match today. <laughs> Looking online, I think a lot of Portland fans were optimistic that uh, Paul Doolan was going to come in. Like he's a uh, what a pedigree of coach, under 19s manager for Republic of Ireland for a number of years. You, a lot of big players for that starting eleven now went through him. Players seem to rave about him as a coach. It doesn't seem like he's had a big hand on transfers. Fans were asking for Premier League quality to come in, bit of experience, bit like Beverly to come in, and you kind of named it. There just isn't any to be seen. The only one thing I can see in this list is Jordan Jenkins coming in on loan, and they may need that. There is always a spark. Lee Bonus came from Seago, he wasn't proven. Joe Gormley similarly came from junior football. I think Portland fans are probably looking at that and hoping Paddock Manali makes a return and is like a player that can hold the fort at the back and Luke Wilson who they all seem to be talking massively about 
delivers in the Premier League because he's never done that. He's, he's he's been injured and he's never shown the the promise that he showed at the Championship. Can he show at the Premier League? Can Adam Sully score the goals or any of these new players that they've brought in? Jack Evans, Jonah Mitchell, Billy Stebbin was signed. I think a good season is tenth. I think they would take eleventh right now. I think a bad season is breaking Lisbon Distillery's record of nineteen points. I think that's on the cards. This is the one thing where they could, they could I could be shown very wrong, but um, I imagine fans will be worried. One more, Michael. Oh, I wonder who it is. I really hope that you draw out Nuri. It'd be so. I just wanted to go wrong for you. I don't know why that is. It's quite mean. It's your. It's the first one of this as well, and it's been great fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I've done it right. It is Glenn Torren. People talk about this league being full of entertainment. If there's a team that provided it, it had to be the big club in East Belfast. Um, they, when they were cooking on the pitch, I mean, they were scintillating. But I think fans looking on to last season, they'll remember it, unfortunately, for the drama that mostly happened off of it no european money or campaign this summer i think they'll be hurting after that the question is will they all come together it's a big squad will they come together to throw in their biggest rivals and just like how the very first of this 12 team campaign ended 14 years ago will they be putting green ribbons back around the gibson cup and rise to the top of the pinnacle of the Irish League once again. It's so hard to know, isn't it? I feel like Glen Torren are a guaranteed heart attack for everyone that loves them. <laughs> you know, there's the put that on the side of the oval. But they are, you know, and Glen Torren fans hopefully understand the spirit from which that comes from because you've had to live it. Um, the club have come a long way in terms of you know not even being sure of their survival at one stage, not being able to have the calibre of player, all the sorts of financial issues, moved away from that. Now we've got a Glen Torren that seems to um, sign nearly as many players as Portadown releases. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you're trying to go, right, well, which, which Glen Torren will it be now? So I feel like we're, we're going to get some sort of crazy up-down, up-down, up-down scenario with, with them in so far as I don't think they're going to be relegation fodder or anything nonsensical. You'll probably see them go through a bad patch where fans will be climbing the rails and then they'll have a good patch and then they'll have a great patch and then they might slip down a bit, but will they have time to climb back up again? They, to me, they would... They just need to learn how to find a middle ground at times. They they can be erratic. And, you know, I did both games. They, they got a pasting from Crusaders. And I was looking out on the pitch and going, what in the name of goodness am I watching here? I mean, it was absolutely pathetic. And I've seen other games where they've been majestic. And how can that happen? Um, and if it happened once in a season, fine, you know, whatever. But um, the, the wheels completely came off with the Irish cup fiasco and let's not go over old ground and all of that but uh, this season they need to make sure they're all their ducks are in a row they can't be having anything off the pitch distracting from things on the pitch and you know you imagine behind the scenes alleged falling out players moving on all this sort of thing rumbled on and probably were factors that crept into dressing rooms and stuff like that too um, so they need this year to be about football 
and not about fiasco. And whether you think that's a big challenge or not, they have to find a way to do that. Um, in terms of personnel, is their squad good enough to win the league? Absolutely. Uh, do they, across the board, have the even-handedness and the temperament? I think they need to prove that this season. I think they let their fans down last year, actually. And I know it sounds harsh, but they were in a position, they were in a really, really good position. And um, they came away with nothing. So Glentoran, definitely good enough to win the league. But they still, to me, should be going out as a team hungry to prove the doubters wrong. Because they haven't yet been able to do that big thing that they've been talking about, dreaming about, etc. And that's left the Gibson Cup. So it's not going to be easy. But if they were... Missing out because they were best at, at the end of the season. It's a lot more palatable. And you get that the best team did win the league, don't get me wrong. But if it was just they did everything as best they could and were beaten to it in the end, fine. But for me, I think Glentoran at multiple occasions shot themselves in the foot. And, you know, let's stop doing that and then see where you'll be. I think you really hit on what I think is the big the big question moving into to this season. It's that word that word temperament because you look at the Blues and you see Mulgrew is one of the real heartbeats of that team. Billy Joe Burns is the same for Crusaders. Colin Coates was like that for the great Crusaders teams. Even look at the great Glens teams. You know they had Paul Lehman, Colin Nixon. Who's going to be that player to step up and take that on? Because this is a team filled with mercurial talent. But the problem with that is that they are mercurial. You just don't know are they going to blow hot or blow cold. If you look at it from a football manager point of view, the players that they have, you have Jed Onley, Conor McMenamin. They were almost fighting each other for the golden boot. They were scoring so many goals. You have... Bobby Burns, Reese Marshall, Luke McCullough. And big names, absolutely massive names on an Irish league level. And then I like players like Kushney. You've added Ali Roy. He could be anything from Partick Thistle. Danny Perkis can score goals. Shane McCartan could settle. That's a scary proposition for any team. But can it be knitted together and can they work as a unit? Is Danny, that's probably what let themselves down. Yeah. Is Danny Perkis going to be happy to sit on the bench? That's true. You know, uh, well, that, that... these players have been brought in. Um, is that is that what he's going to do? Who's, if, if they play a 4-3-3, is that going to be Conor McMenamin, Jay Donnelly, and then Ali Roy on the right? I couldn't see Perkis being on the right of the three. So is that the way they're going to go with that? What way does Shane McCartan fit in the system? Does he not? Does he go from record signing to no room in the inn? Um, you know, the, these are all questions that need to be answered. Are they going to play a back four? Is it going to be a three? Is that something they want to interchange? Uh, because Bobby Burns and Marcus Kane both play left back. Singleton's in now. Is Singleton the new left back? Or is James Singleton going to get games in sort of the left side of a centre back alongside? Paddy McLean until McCulloch's fit. So there's there's lots of things about the Glentoran team. You can say, well, look, they've got versatility. They've got options. But, and I'm not saying I would ever want a squad to be happy to sit on the bench. But will it be disruptive? Will it be distraction? 
or can they find harmony in it? Um, I doubt Danny Perkis has left what was a pretty comfortable position he had at East Belfast where he could be the big fish in the wee pond. No disrespect, but we're now talking about the best league in the country now. Will he be happy going from, you know, the man with the Midas touch to the man who will throw on for 15 minutes? And I'm not saying that he won't be good enough to get a better position as time goes on, but is he happy enough in the in the short term or could that cause ructions? Um, and I'm not speaking to his character. I'm asking a question about someone that was enjoying first-team football and stepped away from the Premiership before because he wanted to go and play with his mates. So when he's not playing, is he going to miss playing with his mates again? I don't know. The, the big debate last season amongst Glentoran fans was, who's our best eleven? Of course, I think many people would say, that's a great headache to have. And I think if you're winning, it is a great headache to have somewhat. You also forgot Aidan Wilson, who I think is a smashing player. Very good player as well, yeah. I, I mean, where, he'll be hoping... Where does he fit in? He'll be hoping he's not a left-back anymore. I think he'll be no. I think he'll be centre-back, won't he? Um, so then, like then you've got the nice wee tussle for places there don't you between sort of uh, all the all the various players yeah you've a lot of you've a lot of characters and you've only 11 starting places so with all that said i think their aim is i is probably to win the league i think a great season would be doing it an awful season would be anything below third i'd say i think that surely now they weren't close in all fairness but surely there can't be as many spanners in the works as much as last season like surely all the drama has had its day with that mind these are talented determined footballers i think they've got a real chance real real chance but i can see why because of just that hot and cold nature of some of these players why there's such a vast opinion vast opinion of what the outcome could be and there's a vast opinion because they're massive it's glentoran they are massive Mm. a lot of people hate glentoran that's a compliment that sounds weird (laughs) but people hate you because you're successful and they they are one of the biggest clubs in the country so people hate them they know that they own that sometimes they don't help themselves with that uh, their supporters are so vocal uh, they're certainly not the only club that has supporters that get on their back quite quickly but the 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 pressure the scrutiny will all be on the management can they figure it out and get it to click gel and work fast there's no patience here i don't think they start away to learn they have a home game against Crusaders before they play Dungan and Swifts. Massive games. Massive games. Um, and people will be watching from the off to see if they are going to live up to the quality. The The squad is a really good squad. A squad, again, I've said this for a couple of teams because I really do believe it. The league is a three or four horse league. A squad capable of winning it. But will they be able to? That's... That's the that's the challenge for me. They're not favourites going into it, and I can say that. And I'm not trying to be controversial, but they haven't earned the right to be favourites based on how they finished last season. They have to improve on that, and I'm sure they'll they'll endeavour to. But will they be able to? They they showed they could do it in some of those big clashes with Linfield. 
It's about taking that energy and that spirit and going to Alarn and making sure that they don't falter, that they don't wilt in the spotlight. Well, we know what happened the last time they played Lorne. I feel positive that a year in, they've embedded themselves. There's a core in that team developing. I'm sure they'll want to do it. It's about them coming out and, and proving it. There it is, Michael. Uh, 12 teams, that's your lot. Uh, but luckily, we don't need to wait too long until we see how they all fare out as the games are coming up pretty quick. Yes, a full weekend of fixtures, all six to look forward to, spread across the weekend. And we start on Friday evening, where else? Enver Park. The lights will be bright and the pressure will be on for both teams. Says to me, Michael, that it's probably going to even each other out. Is this a draw written all over it? Q <laughs> uh, drama, Q goals, Q um, commentators curse, nil nil. Draws a safe bet, isn't it? <laughs> two two. Uh, neither want to lose. It's 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 a game where they would like to win, but Go they for don't. A play. Ne- neither would want to lose, but it's also a chance. Glentorn just have this feeling they've been working away in the background, getting their squad, playing games. They've been almost doing their own thing in pre-season and, and this game on the bright lights of, of TV on Friday night it's their chance to to right the wrong show their new team and stick the flag in their ground saying we're here and you better watch out if there's I would lean towards Glentoran sneaking it with a goal near the end but I would say big chance of a draw there we go to our slate of 3 o'clock games on a Saturday Balamina, they host Glenavon, as we spoke earlier on, fireworks when these two teams met at the showgrounds uh, during one of their games last season. Six goals, three red cards. Will there be similar theatrics this time round? You think this is a battle potentially for who could sneak into sixth? It's already starting. Mm. I think it's really the fight for seventh, but but I'm trying to give them the, the benefit of the doubt that they can aim higher. Uh, will it be dramatic? It, yeah, probably. Uh, these two tend to be fairly combustible. Um, it's you know that's the combination that produces the goods. Uh, home advantage, Balamini United. I think they have enough there to start the season off with a win. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that that means that they will finish above Glenavon, but I think they will start above them at the end of the first game. Balamina will be without David McDade. Um, he got an injury during pre-season. Reports seem to be that it's not as bad as could have been. Um, first fears. Strong chance for that to be the absolute corker game of the opening weekend. I think fa- I fancy Balamina just to edge it as well. Home advantage. Um, we shift to Taylor's Avenue. Cark Rangers against Newry. The earliest relegation six-pointer of all time. The glamour Car- tie of the weekend, is it? Did you, is this the one you meant when you said <laughs> the, the real tie that everyone's looking forward to? Nuri go in for their first time playing top-tier football in a while. They'll be gunning for this. Absolutely gunning for this. They have so many nippy players at the, at the top of their line. Lorcan Ford and Daniel Hughes. I don't know if it would be an upset, but I fancy Nuri here. Sorry to say. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm just uh, just taking it all in, having a little think to myself. Um, 
Yeah, difficult playing a newly promoted team who have all the uh, the vigour and the hope hasn't been beaten out of them yet. You know, they haven't got the long old season feeling to things, so they'll go out um, looking at this one. I, do, I wonder how they will approach it. Well, they look at it going, you know, we have to beat Carrick. Carrick are one of the teams we have to beat if we're going to stay up, so let's really go for it. Or will they try field things out? Um, I'll go for a I'll go for a home win in a maybe a narrow and unconvincing manner. Perhaps Curtis Allen scores his first goal for the club, and you know I don't know brushes his luscious hair. <laughs> I think there's goals in here. I think there's minimum four to be split between them. I can easily see either team win. Nure, I just think it could jump out, surprise, and and catch Carrick off guard. There's talent in that team, particularly at the start of the season. That's where these kind of surprises happen when everybody's fresh. Uh, Corian up to the showgrounds. They host Cliftonville. I feel like I've seen these teams draw all the time, but I've got no facts to back that up. So has, has everybody that's ever listened to me do predictions suffered listening to me doing predictions? Well, no. Even though a draw is one of the three outcomes... I really don't like to do it often, so I feel I've already sat in the fence once. I can't get back up there again. I'd be a traitor to all. So, like, I know you're meant to try and be as right as possible, but I feel I, I do feel like I'm letting you down if I pick another draw. So I'll go for an away win this time. Um, I think again it'll be tight, probably like a two-one. It wouldn't even surprise me if Corian scored first and got everybody rocking, and then all of a sudden, oh, Ryan Curran pulls one back, and it's squeaky bum time. Final twenty minutes. In case of emergency. That's exactly. Bang. Out comes Joe. That'll be the last 20 minutes of that game is going to be back and forward no matter what the no matter what the score is. And uh similar to the game beforehand, could be goals, but it just feels like as Joe was a draw here. I can just see Joe Gormley wheeling away after pressure or, or sneaking a penalty with 10 minutes to go and, and winning out. Final one of the Saturday slate. Crusaders host Dungana Swifts, good chance for Crusaders to start off strong here, but Dungannon will fancy themselves showing off how they play on a 4G pitch. They want to show exactly what they've got in store for back home. Nice easy start. Nice easy start for Dean there, isn't it? Um, yeah, Crusaders, Crusaders have to be big favourites in this one, I think. Uh, you're looking at a team who... We're able to score a fair amount of goals against a team who, as I've already mentioned, and they won't want to reiterate it too many times, conceded a fair amount of goals as much as they might try and change that. If the little dynamic of Michael Ruddy against one of his former clubs, you know, could could he be, you know, the, the man written in the stars to, to score an unlikely goal? But I think you have to say it's Crusaders that are the big favourites here and um, anything else would be a shock on the day. Especially after their nice little European run. Great result against Basel in Belfast. They really had a fantastic account of themselves there, albeit they didn't win over two legs. They're up and will be ready for this. I think Crusaders will, will push on and uh, get a result. Now, we move to Sunday. Windsor Park. Linfield hosts Portadown. Linfield have had plenty of distractions. Big game against Zurich. Coming back to Northern Ireland, Portadown are not the toughest of tests. They did hold Linfield back at Shamrock to a nil-nil draw last year. Like, if Portadown were to win, would it be the 
like one of the biggest shocks ever. Like it's not going to happen. Like a draw would be like Adam Sally no. would be doing laps around Windsor. Linfield have been beaten by smaller teams more recently than Portadown, so I don't want to be unkind and say absolutely. Uh, do I see Portadown winning? No, I don't. It's not the well. Maybe you say you get it out of the way early doors, and then you focus on the games that might be a bit more winnable. But um, Linfield from never on a Sunday to um, this experience, they might start liking Sunday football if they get a good result here. They go, hey, this isn't half bad. I hope it gets a good crowd. It's a different day. I hope some of the people that say, I can't go because I play football on a Saturday. hope they bother to yeah. make the effort to go to this. Um, and I hope they get a, a decent crowd. I'm sure they will because it's two well-supported teams. But um, I could see this being a quite long Sunday for the Shamrock Park faithful. And I think the win at Windsor will be for the home team. I'll be watching the big game on Friday. I could be going to one of the games on Saturday. I'll head to Windsor Park on Sunday. I could get three games to watch by the end of it. That's that's somewhat exciting. And compare that to me. Do you know how many games I'll take in? Zero, mate. That's right. You know this. Um, I mean, me and you and... call yourself a fan, mate. <laughs> me and me and Chris Martin are hanging out. Uh, I'm going to watch co-play in london so that's quite nice uh, that's clashing with the first weekend of the season oh the shame um <laughs> and i'm missing the second week of the season too but i have changed my flights back from my actual planned holiday which i'm finally getting um not to labor a point after working ev- all summer at everything um <laughs> so I-, I will be back in time for the the third saturday of the season but I am missing the first wow. two weeks, and I feel a bit bad. But hopefully by then everyone's warmed up and putting on good football for me. That's ah, uh, that's the hope. Hardest working man in local football. Hey. Skyving during the first. I always liked the opening weekend. I, I, I think. love it. I, I, I am. I'm got to miss it. Uh, and I'm going to quickly say, just because I can claim it, if it's not, I do think Linfield will win. But keep an eye on that being a nil-nil out of nowhere, or put it down, scoring early, and Linfield just absolutely hammering them all game and not and scoring a you know a goal with 10 minutes to go but yeah i think linfield will overpower a team that had an awful preseason uh losing to the likes of dundella and lock all i haven't talked too much about preseason but uh it will be uh, i think it'll be a big shock with jonathan bar linfield win there michael a few questions before i leave you if i can draw you on it uh first question will be who would you rank if you had to as the team to finish 12th toss of a coin between portadown and yuri to have a coin handy um <laughs> i'll say i'll say yuri city but i could easily easily be wrong i'm not saying that with conviction because i i don't think that nuri are massively behind some of the other teams that'll be in and around him in that conversation carrick won't be far outside it um dungana might not be far outside it but i think nuri and portadown are the bottom two in any given order but uh, to give you an answer i'll, I'll guess nuri and probably uh, end up eating my words you jumped in and done my second question of who, who's in the playoff spot i would say i think portadown will finish 12th and be relegated and i think carrick will be the team that could potentially go it'll be tight it'll be tight but i think nuri will surprise people potentially and and just sneak in so it could be a playoff 
Could you imagine if there was to be a Newry Warren Point playoff? That would be uh, crazy. Um, who do you think will be the biggest surprise package of the 12? It's hard to know who's a surprise at all because, you know, we've spoken at length of what we think of the team. I mean, if Coleraine go on a great season, it's not a surprise to me. So, you know, just to sort of caveat that, uh, if any team's going to surprise anyone, it's going to be Newry because I've just said that they should finish bottom. So I'm going to do a contradiction and also pick Newry. Does that make sense? Because either one has to be right. <laughs> so I'm, gonna, oh. I'm, I'm being a good gambler. <laughs> uh, I... I... I think I've kind of given away my uh, surprises. I think I think Balamina are going to find their way towards the the top half, and they'll be hard to to get out of there. Much to the chagrin of the likes of Crusaders and Korean and the like. And finally, I'm going to have to put you on the spot. If you were to in a friendly wager for pride, if you were to predict uh, the winners. Next summer, who who would you have to pick? Linfield. I think this could be Glentorn's year. I'm going to say, as much as the other teams could push forward and keep up what they're doing, I just have this weird England Glentorn are going to put it all together and are going to win the games that they didn't last season and really make a strong claim. But again, that's what predictions makes fools of us all. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for being here for the first outing of, of the pod. Of course, people can find you and your many ventures online. They can find you on... At M. Clark Show on everything nice and easy. Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So feel free to follow. And um, I'll be talking to you soon, no doubt, at a, at a football ground. And a massive shout out to The Score, a fantastic podcast and show. You can listen to that uh, via all of the wonderful listening places, probably all the places you can grab this very pod as well as the score and I, if you're having a hook on your uh, Swedish listening app or whatever your chosen app of choice. Very well said. Absolutely. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can find it. And if in doubt, find me on social media and you won't be too many swipes away from a link to it because um, recent episodes just dropped. So, you know, you can get your, Irish League insight there, if you haven't already had your fill here. <laughs> no, absolutely. Michael has incredible interviews, w- amazing access, and the amount of little nuggets I get from listening to that, uh, I will be stealing them and uh, sharing them with the variety of guests that are here. Even when you're not here, I'll pretend, <laughs> oh, I heard an interview with somebody else somewhere else, and it will no doubt be from your show. And of course, uh, people can hear you across various forms of media, um, commentating and reporting. Um, they'll be able to hear that uh, whenever you are penciled in for it Michael thank you very much and I'll chat to you soon you've made it to the end and hopefully you've done it for the second time if that's the case it feels like you should be up to date when the next one of these jokes come out What's the best way to do that? I hear you cry well it is of course by following this podcast on all the social media platforms People who have 19 at the start of their birth year use, like Facebook, ooh, Instagram, wow, and Twitter. Yeah, it's all right. Kicking Match will be back early next week, all going well, Tuesday morning, with our first look back at the Niffle Premiership Game Week 1. If you've got a Niffle Fantasy team, join the Kicking Match League. Go find it on social media, there'll be a link or a code in there. Until then, come say hello if you see me, and let's catch up again very soon. Cheerio.